Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. This is an RNZ podcast. Hello, I'm Simon Morris. Long ago, I'm not sure exactly when, but certainly around the turn of the century, there was a marked distinction between movies and television. Movies were somehow bigger. They were made by grown-ups with big grown-up movie stars in them and made by people you'd heard of. TV, on the other hand, was usually made by committees and starred rather less famous people. They depended on the same or at least similar storylines each episode. But the good news was there was a lot of it. when it all changed. Now it's often television doing the intelligent stuff with one important showrunner sitting in the genius chair, once the home of Hitchcock, Scorsese and the Coen brothers. Now the movies are offering endless reruns put together by committees of nervous studio executives. Last words, Winston. Just have fun out there. The one difference is the budgets for these successes to the $6 million man Dallas and the original Mission Impossible are now astronomical. But all good things apparently must come to an end. And this year, some of the biggest and most popular movie franchises seem to be winding up, though the gargantuan nature of them means they can't just go out on a single farewell episode. What, uh, what are you doing there, 3 po Taking one last look, sir, at my friends. It took Star Wars three galumphing movies to finish, or at least finish off the original cast. The overstuffed Avengers, Marvel Comics' job lot of superheroes that anyone cared a jot for, capitulated in a double episode so long and convoluted, I defy anyone to tell me what actually happened at the end. This is going to work, Steve. I know it is. Because I don't know what I'm going to do if it doesn't. Twenty twenty three sees the beginning of the end for three more famous titles. Maybe. I'll believe it when I see it. I think we can safely say goodbye to Indiana Jones, though, after Harrison Ford's sentimental farewell to the hat at the Cannes Film Festival last week. If ever there was someone who really was getting too old for this stuff, it's Ford. We've got to get there first. I can't do that! You wanna stop for a little lie down? Less likely to give up without a fight is Tom Cruise, who's been working on the double-episode finale to the increasingly enormous Mission Impossible franchise. It's called Dead Reckoning, in which, and I quote, Ethan Hunt must track down a dangerous weapon before it falls into the wrong hands. None of our lives can matter more than this mission. I don't accept that. 
Now you could argue that Tom Cruise is a dangerous weapon and the Mission Impossible franchise is a perfect example of an enjoyable idea that's fallen into the wrong hands. But the cast alone is worth the price of admission, including some favourites like Vanessa Kirby and Hayley Atwell. However, that cast is nothing compared to this week's franchise heading for the last roundup. The game's over, Dom. You lose. This is your last ride. Then you might want to buckle up. The 10th Fast and Furious is going by Fast X for the very few Latin scholars among Vin Diesel's core fan base. Because Diesel seems incapable of killing anyone off from his growing movie family, the cast list is bulging at the seams now. We're locked inside! It's a trap. That's a bomb. All right, dorks, what are we blowing up? What? The Vatican? Wow, but you guys are going to hell. And at the end, well, it's clearly not the end. Expect a fast 11 and maybe more before Vin finally parks the car. Out in the smaller, non-episodic part of the movie-verse, if I can coin a phrase, there are a couple of one-offs with some features of interest, notably unusual team-ups. Did you know Jennifer Lopez, the admirably single-minded Hispanic performer, has 125 film performances to her name, according to the internet? Now, admittedly, most of them are music videos, but it's still an impressive number. This week, she appears in an action thriller called The Mother, but the surprise is the director, whale riders Nikki Caro. If there's trouble... New Zealander Nikki has been a bit quiet since she made Mulan for Disney. Who knew she had a Netflix thriller in her? Meanwhile, back in the cinemas, a new pairing has all the hallmarks of something cobbled together by Karen from marketing. A good person stars odd couple Florence Pugh and Morgan Freeman. Trust me, I know how hard it is to get here. It's damn near impossible and you did it. Don't run away now because of me. There are thousands of meetings. I'll find another one. Wow, yeah, but this one has the best snacks. I want to go. Neither Florence nor Morgan are known for just phoning it in, so let's reserve judgment on a good person for a while. And I reserve judgment on this week's main course, partly because I couldn't remember how many episodes of The Fast and the Furious I'd seen before Fast X. Today, I raced to stop the bloodbath. That's the problem with having such a big family. How do you choose the ones you save? I remember rather enjoying Fast and Furious 7, by all accounts one of the better ones. But as for the rest, they all rather whizzed past me in a cloud of exhaust fumes. Let's start back at the beginning, shall we? Los Angeles, 2001. Humble roots, local kids, street racers who became hijackers. 22 years ago, the first Fast and the Furious was a modest film about cars and undercover cops trying to bust a black market gang led by one Dominic Toretto, Vin Diesel. But things got bigger very quickly over the years. Graduated to high-speed smuggling. Mobile jailbreaks. 
train robbers. If it could be done in a car, they did it. Before long, they were working black ops for the CIA, taking on international criminals, smashing cars through skyscrapers and into outer space. But all rooted in one thing. It's all about everybody. That's right. It's all about family. Here they come. You will never be able to break my family. Family trumps everything in the furious world. In fact, quite often the enemies of the expanding Dom Toretto clan find themselves later welcomed into the family. So, Uncle Jacob? Your dad sent me. It makes no sense, but making sense has never been a driving motivation of the Fast and Furious franchise, if you'll pardon the pun. Yes, despite the endless repetition of the family mantra, it's really all about cars. Driving cars in every direction you can imagine. Backwards, forwards, up, down, upside down, whatever. Let's race! But before the screaming tyres, there's usually a family barbecue, this time hosted by Dom's hitherto unknown grandma. Rita Moreno leads a string of some pretty incredible leading women in Fast X. I know that this road has been very hard. And yet here you are, building this magnificent family. You may be surprised when Charlize Theron turns up to warn Dom that the son of a less magnificent family is out for revenge. I know, wasn't Charlize Dom's arch enemy? Well, don't worry, here's a new one, Jason Momoa, whose drug-dealing father was killed in a previous episode. Was it five, three, seven? Well, don't worry about that either. You built such a beautiful life, filled with love and family. I never got that chance. You stole that from me. Jason Momoa is a larger-than-life personality anyway, you'd think, with his huge biceps and flowing Hawaiian locks. But no, someone, Vin Diesel, new director Louis Leterrier, possibly Jason himself, decided there was room to go bigger as villain Dante Reyes. Bigger like Liberace. Dami, I knew you would come for me. I'm Dante. Enchante. So how about we all just start shooting each other? That's what I can afford. Time to end this. Mind you, Dante's competing with a crowded cast. Apart from Dom, his wife Letty, and the rest of the tight five, Ted, Roman and Han, there are any amount of walk-ons from the likes of Jason Statham. Let's dig some graves. not to be trusted. Are you in on my Christmas list either? Keeping the family theme going, there's the daughter of their old CIA boss, played by actress-turned-action star Brie Larson. There's John Cena as Dom's long-lost brother. There's Dame Helen Mirren as Jason Statham's old mum, Queenie. A blink-and-you'll-miss-it appearance by Gal Gadot. And, of course, Charlize Theron. Good morning, sunshine. You gotta be kidding me. I 
have to say, watching Charlize taking out the trash in not nearly enough scenes is enough to remind me how much I've missed seeing her on the screen. But let's not cry over missed opportunities. Dom and Dante are attacking each other from every possible angle in a bunch of exotic locations. Rio, Rome, London, Antarctica, even Portugal. Is there a plot, I hear a few die-hard traditionalists asking, aside from flamboyant Dante coming up with endless schemes to get revenge on Dom? Come on, it worked for Wile E. Coyote and all those Roadrunner cartoons. At a side order of Dom and Letty trying to protect their adopted son, gangs of bad guys facing gangs of good guys in between car races, and what more could anyone want? He's coming for you with everything. What's the plan, Dom? I'm not sure anymore. But even a film as footloose and fancy-free as Fast X can find itself tangled up in plot with so many moving parts colliding into each other. The film ends abruptly with half the cast either blown up or missing in action. It's all right, I don't need a to-be-continued caption to tell me. There's more to come. You still know how to drive? What do you think? It's showtime. Here we go. Game recognizes game. The question is, will I be joining Dom and his, by my count, magnificent 27 as they attempt to drive the franchise to a safe haven? Well, I suspect not. Frankly, when I find myself counting the number of times anyone says family in Fast X, 56 apparently, it was clear my mind was no longer on the job. Jennifer Lopez, by any standard, is remarkable. She dances, she acts, she sings, she produces, she marries Ben Affleck several times. And after 30 years and her fair share of ups and downs, she's still looking good at the top of her game. Her new film, The Mother, has gone straight to Netflix, which sadly is the fate for many genre thrillers these days. Where's my baby? You wasted FBI time trying to cut a deal for yourself, and seven agents were killed. This conversation now takes place on our terms. We meet the mother, no name, being held in a safe house by the FBI. She's about to spill the beans on two high-level bad guys, Adrian and Hector, and it's pretty clear the feds aren't fit for purpose. JLo does the job for them, did you expect otherwise, even though she's nine months pregnant? Wait, what? Adrian Lavelle and Hector Alvarez are still out there. You and I both know the only way you protect that child is to disappear. And if I don't? They'll find you. Both of you. The boss of the fatally incompetent FBI squad, a brief cameo from Edie Falco, advises the recovering J-Lo that she's now a real mother, but she can't keep the baby. With Hector and Adrian on their trail, she has no choice but to go solo. The selfless mother agrees to go off the grid, but tells FBI agent Cruz to keep an eye on the baby. You just going to vanish? You put it with good people. Keep her safe. 
If there's trouble, let me know. Now, off the grid means Alaska. Twelve years pass. Not that you'd know it. The Alaskan climate must be good for the mother's complexion. And we wait for Agent Cruz to sound the alarm. Otherwise, there's no movie. Without her child in danger, her name's Zoe, by the way, J-Lo can't turn into an action movie mother. You must have known I'd find her. The secret's out. Zoe is taken, Jennifer hotfoots it to her rescue, and you soon notice one thing about the film, a rare action thriller from Kiwi director Nikki Caro. It's mostly about one person and one person only. There may be an endless supply of bad guys and a few FBI agents to get in the way, but the mother is all about the mother, meaning Jennifer Lopez. What do they want? Revenge. They're using her to get to me. So don't expect early friendships with Agent Cruz or Alaskan neighbour Johns to come to much. The mother not only has no friends, she doesn't seem to need them. She does require a daughter and once she rescues Zoe, a certain amount of chemistry is cobbled together. Run! What's your plan? She needs protection right now. Who are you? From here on, you do everything I say. You're driving. I'm 12. Let's go. The hook at the start is that Zoe has no idea that this bad-tempered superwoman is in fact her birth mother. In fact, she's only interested in getting back home to her non-heroic adopted mum. This is clearly the part of the film that Nikki Caro responded to most, and to the director's credit, it adds a little warmth to what could easily become a brutal video game. I hate it here. I want to go home. Not till you know how to survive. Everything it takes. You're scaring me. Every time I look at you, I'm scared. Look at the mess you made. But the mark of a film that's failing to grab my attention is when I became sidetracked by non-essential matters. Like, who came up with the names Hector and Adrian? They sound less like brutal gangsters and more like a couple of Cuba Street hairdressers. You're not getting away this time. You burn down our entire world for her. Yes. Hector's played by former Mexican superstar Gael Garcia Bernal, who seems to be going through a quiet patch in his career. And the same seems to be the case with Adrian in a rather bigger role. We die and she survives. If that's what you want, take a breath and tell her. Under all that scar makeup, it's Shakespeare himself, Joseph Fiennes, gritting his teeth and wrestling with Jennifer Lopez in the Arctic snow. Director Nikki Caro does a pretty good job in the action scenes, by the way, but the best thing she does is at the end when she wraps up the action with a Kate Bush classic called This Woman's Work.
Did J-Lo push for one of her own numbers? Let's get loud, say, or this is me. We may never know, but Kate was definitely the right choice, effortlessly adding class, as always. OK, The Mother may never be a timeless classic, but it could have been so much worse. It's currently showing on Netflix. I'm a killer. But I'm also a mother. American actor Zach Braff is most famous as the likeable doctor in the popular TV sitcom Scrubs. But he has a sideline, writing and directing independent films like Garden State and Wish I Was Here. In interviews, he comes across as decent and eager to please, which isn't always the best thing when you're making a gritty film like A Good Person. For the model train enthusiast, we lord over a world where the neighbours are always kind... The lovers always end up together. Allison, every memory I cherish has you in it. I love you. A good person is the story of someone failing to face up to one of the worst things you can face. Her name's Allison. She's just got engaged to the nicest chap in the world. The best way I can describe Nathan is he's a black Zach Braff. She's driving Nathan's sister and her husband home, and she takes her eye off the road for one terrible second. And the trains always take you to the far-off places you always swore you'd go. In life, of course, nothing is nearly as neat and tidy. The two passengers are killed and Alison goes to pieces. The family blames her, she blames herself. She breaks up with Nathan, she turns to prescription drugs. For a year, the only person she sees is her mother, who's at her wit's end, unable to help. Have you been doing the the tapping thing that that one shrink taught you, remember, for anxiety and stress and it calms you down on the eyes and then the lips? Mm. Well, play your piano. That always cheers you up. I don't want to talk about this. Please, I have the worst headache. Can you just stop? We intercut between Alison and other people affected by the events. Aside from the bewildered Nathan, the daughter of the dead couple, Ryan, is forced to live with her grandfather, Nathan's father, Daniel. And Daniel's got enough problems of his own without taking on those of a troubled teenager. Hi, Dan. I'm worried about you. I want my life back. I want my child back. Daniel and son Nathan don't get on anyway, and there's clearly secret family history there as well as with Alison. When you consider that A Good Person is a film written and directed by a part-timer, there was every chance that it could end up as another ambitious failure, despite a heart in the right place. Aren't you engaged to Nathan Adams? I was, yeah. I heard what happened to you, the accident. The woman that died was about to be my sister-in-law. That it's not is down to two extraordinary bits of luck for writer-director Zach Braff. The first was the attachment of Florence Pugh to the project, currently one of the great guarantees in the film business. Well, that's not entirely good luck. She is, after all, Zach Braff's girlfriend. Alison, don't run away now because of me. There are thousands of meetings. I'll find another one. Well, somehow you found your way to this one. 
The other bit of luck was less predictable. The great Morgan Freeman, who you'd think had long outgrown little indie films like this one, read the script, loved it, and turned up on the set ready to work. Lately, so much of my life has been out of control. I just caught my granddaughter having sex with a boy who looked like a man. Hey, Belinda, I found this fool in bed with my Ryan. She said she was 18 online. So the unlikely casting of Florence and Morgan turned out to be organic rather than contrived, and as usual, both deliver in spades. Though I have to admit I was expecting the story to slip up more often than it did. For a start, you're going to need to buy Morgan Freeman as a model train geek. This is incredible. My wife used to hang out with me down here. She liked the whistle. But Zach Braff is careful to give his leads something to get their teeth into. Morgan plays Daniel far spikier than many of his recent lovable grandpa roles. His scenes with young Celeste O'Connor as Ryan are funny without overdoing the sentiment. I got one of those audio books on how to talk to a teen. How's that working out? I am so not going to talk about sex with my grandfather. Really? Because I just love this shit. I'm in way over my head. Meanwhile, Florence Pugh, as always, is wonderful, though occasionally not in the way you were expecting. She plays an aspiring singer-songwriter, and to a good person's credit, she remains aspiring. This isn't one of those films where she ends up top of the bill at Carnegie Hall or something. But Alison does get to sing a couple of rather good songs inspired by her experiences. What if I could say Thank you for the best parts Sorry for my weak heart My love just hurts when loving But you were the best part And it turns out they were both written by Florence Pugh. She sounds like equal parts Amy Mann and Scarlett Johansson, than which, you'd think, there was no better compliment. But of course, on top of that, she's also Florence Pugh, who needs no other comparison. What the hell did you do to your hair? It's Makeover Monday. It's Friday. Oh. A good person takes risks, it delays either character being allowed to be actual good persons until the end, by which time we've forgiven them anyway. Above all, it avoids the formulaic follow-the-dots approach of so many audience pleasers. It's that other, harder thing. It's a real movie. Well, we're heading for the last roundup of this show. I'm Simon Morris, and I hope you'll join me at the movies same time next week. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.